going on, everybody? Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of the Watch Your with me, Jean Luc Welch. That's why right, make some noise, clap it up, get excited. We're back here again on a Thursday afternoon or night, whenever you're listening or watching the show. Three more sleeps till Christmas. Give another clip for that. Yes, sir, we excited. Christmas Day's almost around the corner. Ain't you think? Can't you feel it? The whimsy, the wonder in the air. And if your butt didn't already buy a Christmas gift, don't bother to buy it for whoever you were planning on getting it for, because that shows that your butt don't care. Don't, you don't got no holiday spirit, no joy, no giving mood. You keep it to yourself. Keep your own doggone money. Ain't no point in doing it now, because you ain't putting no effort. Whenever, when the stocks, when when the when the when the shelves were stocked. In the stores and online. So guess what? Don't try to scramble for nothing now. If you want to do something, give them five bucks and say, up at least I tried. Because that's all you're good for. Doggone it. Don't be calling them ungrateful because they're going to complain. Nah. You call yourself selfish and, 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 and dumb. Ignorant of, your, of, the, of the time. Of the time that's this, that the holiday season is, you got to be ready. You got to be <laughs> ready when it comes to holiday shopping. Prepping events. Doggone it, prepping events. <laughs> if you want to be able to, to get your loved ones or, or whoever you're trying to be a, a secret Santa for, you got to plan for this stuff now. You got to listen, be attentive. And apparently your butt wasn't willing to do that. If you fall into uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All jokes just, you know, to, to lighten the mood. Because doggone it, it's cold down here where I am. Down south, I hate it. We hate it. But you know what we love? Talking about sports. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. So again, before we start, please leave a like on the video. Comment your thoughts and opinions on the channel. If you're watching on listening on YouTube, subscribe to the channel and also share the channel and the video with everybody that you know. And also remember, you can listen to us in surround sound on every major podcasting platform. That includes Google, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Tune in, whatever you can think of. You can play me in eight different ways and just hear me all around your house. I think you'll love it. Or you'll hate it. You know what? Don't matter. Because you're playing me. That's what matters. You are listening to me. That's what That's what, That's what. what I care about. <laughs> but I hope you thoroughly enjoyed the show that we got for you today. We got a jam-packed episode for you today, folks. We're talking about the NBA. And Luka Doncic and Dallas and Mavericks. And specifically, what the word is going on in terms of the potential future of Luka and what the Dallas Mavericks are potentially wasting in Luka Doncic, as well as, good gosh, I told y'all what was going to happen to the Warriors now that Step is out and what could potentially befall this team. And great day in the morning did it actually happen. My word. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Right now, as the first topic of today. The Warriors got whooped by the Brooklyn Nets, 143 to 113. My goodness, when I said that it was going to be a drop-off for this Warriors team and potentially be incredibly dangerous in terms of hurting their playoff hopes, play-in hopes, going into the, uh, 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 the end of the season come next year, I knew it was going to be bad. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Good gosh. And, and again, credit to the Brooklyn Nets. They righted the ship. Again, now they're 20-12. and 12, Seven wins in a row, including this one. So it seems like they've gotten the wheels turning and fixed some of the problems, some of the major problems that was going on in that organization with KD, you know, again, playing like KD. Ben Simmons playing well, giving him props where he's playing well. After it started the season, this buddy was playing absolutely horrendous on the Brooklyn Nets. And again, we, the, the fear was this brother may be out, to potentially be out of the league because he was just playing awful. Seems like seems like he's been getting better and better and better ever since I made that video and ever since the games have gone on, he has improved. Phenomenal. But good gosh, Golden State, what the world is going on with you? How in the world do you let yourself get beat 143 to 113? You gave up almost 150 points to the Brooklyn Nets, let alone 91 points by halftime. 
understand that in the first half, you gave up 91 points before the third quarter even started. How abysmal do you have to be to put that to, to put that egregious of a defensive effort in your team? Like, what the world? Down by 20 at one point, down by 40 at another? This, yo, Golden State, this is worse than I thought. This is really worse than I thought. Do you want to talk about a, 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 a roster bereft of talent right now? That's what Golden State is. Great day in the morning. Moses Moody played abysmal. Kaminga played abysmal. Jordan Poole, didn't I tell you on the last episode, Jordan Poole is a microwave, but the brother only works half the time. He'll get hot. He'll warm up your food. Don't get it twisted. He'll cook it perfectly even, like he did when he cooked for 43 points in their last win for the Warriors. But good gosh, when he goes cold, that thing is busted. That thing is absolutely busted, that microwave. And he was absolutely busted when it came to playing Golden State or playing against the Brooklyn Nets with him being on Golden State. That was harm. Four for 17, 13 points, a plus minus of 31 if you're into the more advanced statistics of the day. This, he was overarchingly horrible. Shot 25% from the field, but it wasn't doing a thing. One for 11 from three, and he's supposed to be Steph Curry light. Well, he's taking the shots, don't get me wrong, but the brother is absolutely shooting scary numbers. And scary in the worst type of way. That dun-dun-dun isn't for, oh my gosh, be afraid if you're the opposers. You know, let's be afraid if you're on the Warriors. Because this brother, he will shoot you in and out of a game, depending on whether he's cold or hot. In this game, he was absolutely cold. Ice cold. Frigid like it is down south right now. Utterly abysmal. Moses Moody was nowhere to be found. Kaminga, nowhere to be found. Found. Now, granted, most of was 7 for 11, but our defensive man, horrible, horrible. Kaminga, utterly disgraceful. Draymond Green, well, we know what Draymond Green brings when he's not, when they lose. Absolutely nothing. I'm sorry, but again, a triple single of, of course, two points, two turnovers, two personal fouls, six assists, and four rebounds. This brother's supposed to be an interior presence. But he's supposed to be the big man for this team in terms of the all-around scrappy guy. And he wasn't doing anything either. Looney, nothing. Couldn't even crack 10 rebounds. Only scored three points. This was horrible. Do you see the impact that Seth Curry has on this team? We, I know that we talk about it often. I know that we always bring it up. and we, it's, It is a legitimate cause for all. For us to be in awe of what he brings to the table. Absolutely no question about it. But my gosh, when he's off, I think we, as a collective basketball fan, dumb, absolutely undersell at times just how valuable he is for this Warriors squad. Every time this man is on the floor, it changes the whole outlook of this team. But when this brother is off, who? Oh my word! It's it is it is scary in the worst type of way. And again, normally that wouldn't, wouldn't be the case because hey, Clay's healthy. Dre's being Dre, the Dre of old, that can actually not only facilitate but also put in some points on his own. And the youth and the bench of that team, normally you expect hey, can come up and be big as we've seen in the past. But what's happening right now? They got youth, sure. They got new bodies, sure. They still got veteran leadership, yes, but it's not gelling. Again, Clay Thompson wasn't even playing this game. And again, hasn't been playing well or great this season over these last you know couple games with him being the knockdown shooter. And as I've said, not being nearly as great of a defensive presence as he normally is. Again, this game, not affected because he didn't play. But regardless of which, Draymond, again, getting old. The ball is not producing in the intangible level that we normally say he is so valuable for. Say what you want about, about how smart he is and about how much he does in terms of scrappy play in the right plays at the right moment. Sure, I can see that's what he can do. But this season and over the past couple seasons, he has not been doing that. 
to the level that it makes a incredibly big impact on the squad. And everybody else on the roster is just null and void in terms of their ability to actively be something on the floor. Okay, the one bright spot was James Wiseman, who played this game and was 12 for 14. That's it. That's it. Outside of that, there is nothing, and I do mean nothing, that this roster brings to the table that outside with Steph Curry off the floor can be something special. This, this game, James Wiseman had 30. That's it. No other player on this team cracked 20. And if I'm reading this correctly, good gosh, it was, it, I don't think a player made more than five threes this game. It's, it, it's bad. A 3.2 shooting centric team can't score. And on top of that, this team, the worst part, their defense is what's killing it. Steve Curry even said it in press conference and interviews. This team has played better defensively, regardless of who's on the floor. Absolutely. We've seen it. Again, the identity of the squad, as much as it is three-point shooting, is defense. This is one of the most sound defensive teams that we've seen over the past five to seven years, ever since they won a championship in 2015. Legitimately, this team has constantly been at the tops of the NBA in terms of defensive ability. That's what this team can be and brings to the table. That's what makes them go. Yes, their three-point shooting is their biggest weapon, but the X factor in this team is their ability to, sh- to defend at every level. Get strips when people are driving on the inside. Clog the paint whenever you got a dominant person trying to get in and score off the wing and off the drive. Be able to rotate on the perimeter. Be able to play man or play zone. Play passing lanes incredibly well and score fast break opportunities and transition threes. Those transition threes come from tip passes and, and, and constant defensive stops and rebounds and leaking out. That's what this team objectively brings and has brought for a number of years, but we can't rely on the past as a means to say why this team should be successful now. We can only rely on the present, on what they actively do. And what they actively do right now is nothing. That's what they do. Absolutely nothing. And every time I watch this squad without Steph Curry bailing them out with a dominant performance, more and more it comes to the conclusion that at the end of the season, moves are going to be made. I really do feel like moves are going to be made for this team because now age, not even age, injuries with Clay, the, the drop in production every year from Draymond Green and the amount of assets that they have right now on the team to the young players, but young players who aren't producing but have a high ceiling makes this the the quintessential time to make trades to revamp this roster with other assets and other talent. And it might be time to move on from Clay and Dre. I already knew Dre's going to be gone, irregardless of whether he wants to stay or not. I know that. Clay, however, it may be looking that he may be shipped out as well. Not because he, I don't think he can get, but he cannot get back to the production that he used to have. No, I think he can. But right now, with what this roster has, brother, you, we got to have an overhaul. We've got to have an overhaul. From the looks of it right now. Because, yes, this same roster had a championship winning season last season. Absolutely. Absolutely. But right now, they don't even look like they can reach half of that level. Without Steph Curry. That's the problem. Right now, what the amount of, what what do you what do you want to whatever you want to say about the amount of talent that they have in terms of potential is irrelevant. What they do right now, what they are doing right now, is absolutely a cause for concern down the line. 
And again, I'm not one to say age is a legitimate factor in the way that people play. But what I am one to say is that with the injuries that Clay Thompson has had and the lack of ability, or rather the loss of ability in his overall game that made him Clay Thompson, not just being a shooter, being also able to be switched on the best defender and actively hold his ground and be an elite guy on the perimeter. It gets stops. Being a mobile six foot seven defensive guard that can also that also is one of the greatest three point shooters that we've ever seen. With that loss in defensive ability and seemingly his shot going. Couple that with Draymond Green and his lack, and again, just drop off in play as a whole. Plus his problems within the locker room. Plus the drama that he constantly brings. Now he's getting ejected and it's not firing up his team. Now with the yapping and the talking and all that stuff that he did that normally bolsters his roster and gets them to get pushed to another level because that's what he is. He's the dirty work guy. When he does the dirty work and when he is loud and is proud and all that stuff, it normally fires up the rest of the squad. Let Draymond be Draymond. That's what it's been doing because it's what's been working. But now, however, it's not the case anymore. Now the problem is that he is not bringing the fire or he's not bringing a fire that is actively warming up the roster to play better, but rather it's burning them down from the inside. Because now even what little that you do bring to the table gets erased because now you're you're carted off. And you weren't doing anything in the first place to warrant, oh yeah, we lost a big asset. Now it's more like we're losing, yeah, we're, we're losing a, we're losing a player. That's what it comes down to from time to time. You're losing a player rather than, oh, we lost Draymond Green. Uh, now it's time to get, get riled up. We lost our heart and soul. Now, however, it's, uh, we, uh, uh, Draymond Green's out again. Uh, shucks. Doggone it. Dagnabbit. Well, let's try to win. But that's just another that's just another bullet wound in the team in what's been an incredibly frustrating season. That's what has been going on with Draymond Green. That X factor that he's normally been is not there this season. Hasn't been there for a number of years. It hasn't. Ever since 2016, it has not been there. Since that loss in the finals, never the same. That 32-point performance in Game 7 was the last great performance I've seen out of Draymond Green. And the last time I've seen Draymond Green be Draymond Green. In terms of everything that he could bring to the table. All of this gives me credence to say, yeah, it might be time to get shipped off. And the point still stands. Not only that moves are probably going to be looked to be made as the season goes on. During, throughout, through the trade deadline. Or up until the trade deadline. But this team, again, may not make the playoffs. And this string of potential losses... If games are going to be looking like this one against Brooklyn Nets, this string of bad basketball by this Warriors squad, of underwhelming basketball, of surprisingly low-level basketball from the Golden State Warriors, this two-week span that Steph Curry's out, if the trend continues for how they lost in, against this Brooklyn Nets team, like I said in the last episode, this could be the marker that we pinpoint as to why the Warriors missed the playoffs. Because now they got revealed that without Steph Curry, this team is no longer able to carry itself. It's not. Yes, everything's been ran through Steph. We know that he's the guy that makes everything go. It's not a question. But the question has been, or rather has not been asked, because it didn't need to be asked. What well, can the rest of the roster step up and do what they got to do? And normally that answer is yes. Normally that answer is absolutely. Normally that answer has been, yes, everybody else can step up to the plate. The bench, the coaching, 
the schemes, all of it can be capitulated and adapted to be able to fit the new look without Steph Curry, and they're still able to win. That's what's been with the Warriors. Part of most of that, not only was a three-point shooter, but also most of that was their defensive tenacity and consistency. Without that, however, without that, without the IQ on the floor and the effort when it comes to defense for this Golden State Warriors squad. Now we're looking at a team who they have nothing to fall back on. There is nothing on this team that you can fall back on. Nothing. Oh, James Wiseman had 30. Ooh, you maybe can fall back on your bigs in, in, in terms of him as an offensive guy. Granted, he had a great game. But also the Nets have, a, 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 have never had a big man. Never had a great big man. Never had a great big man this whole season. So the past couple seasons, they've been terrible inside defense. So that being the case, him going off, it's not something that they can rely on on a consistent basis. Right now in James Wiseman's development, which looks like it's going, it's been going down, down, down. A lot of people are having complaints about him. I'm not saying he can't ride the ship. No, I'm still high on him as a player. I still think he can produce. I still think he can perform. I still think that he can have the ability to be the big that turns this organization around. In terms of up now, we don't have any weaknesses. Offensively. I think he can get to that point. But one 30-point performance isn't going to negate the fact that there was a reason why he was sent to the G League. There's a reason why we were all so underwhelmed by his performances in the past on this word squad. There's a reason why whenever there was a highlight of James Wiseman, I was hesitant to say, oh, look at him. Look at how good he is. Because those instances of of good basketball, of of again game changing ability on the offensive end when it comes to the Warriors roster and the fact that they never had a dominant interior big man and don't bring up Demarcus Cousins don't bring up Andrew Bogut don't bring up any of those people because Andrew Bogut was again defensively good but only played 15 minutes in the finals on average when they were playing against the Cleveland Cavaliers when he was on the team and Kevon Looney while yes he had again in my eyes a shockingly good outing when he played against the Boston Celtics in the finals and last season. But I've never been high on him as a great center, both offensively or defensively. I know he can get boards. I knew that. But outside of getting rebounds, it was never high on him. Still not. But I've conceded in the past that he has improved and he has become more than serviceable. But even with that being said, even with that being said, James Watson has yet to show me consistency. As with this entire roster, outside of Steph Curry, on either side of the floor. And because of that, this roster right now is looking like it's going to be a roster that may miss the playoffs. And it may be because of this instance right here with them, with Steph Curry out. Unless they write the ship, if what I think happens, happens. This team is going to be out the playoffs. And it could be because of this two-week stretch when they just could not get stuff done. They couldn't get it done. Could not get it done. They could not fix the problems. They could not give the effort on the defensive end. They could not get back to being a fluid offensive organization that we know them for. And we've seen them be able to do it without Steph. We have. And if anything, right now, it looks like they should be in a better position because of, again, Moody, Kaminga, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, all these people seemingly, and Clay Thompson, seemingly this is a roster that looks like it should be able to handle itself without Steph Curry on the floor. 
They got youth, athleticism, high ceiling for a lot of the players, and many players that can fit into the roles that they absolutely need when one person goes out. But on paper isn't reality. On paper is just the optics. The production is what matters. And the production of this Warrior squad has been absolutely horrible. Utterly abysmal. I mean, shockingly bad. Shockingly, shockingly. Like baffling. I can't wrap my head around it. You know how hard it is for a team to go from finals, champions, to fringe contenders? If not fringe to get into the playing tournament? And that's with their best player playing the best, what some of the best basketball that they played individually. And on top of that, you keep the same roster that you won a championship with. And in some cases, it seems like you upgraded with some offseason moves. Yes, you sacrificed Gary Payton, Gary Payton III. Yes. But you got Dante DiVincenzo. Both of whom are great bench players that bring something to the table. Lose one, you gain a lesser version of the other. That should still, with this roster, that should still be enough. But they just look awful. They look awful. They look terrible. Great day in the morning. Does this team look bad? And if they don't right the ship, or if Steph Curry doesn't, if Steph, if Steph Curry gets injured again this year, good gosh. It, nightmare. Nightmare fuel for every Warriors fan, every Warriors player. This team cannot run, cannot thrive, cannot live without Golden, without Steph Curry in Golden State. That's how bad the Warriors are right now. That's something I th- thought I would never say because the organization of the Warriors and how they've consistently been able to have consistent success regardless of who was on the floor with a whole a, a whole plethora of different players playing styles and personnel. This is not the Warriors that I know. This is not the Warriors that have struck fear into the hearts of, me, of, 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 of the NBA. Fans and players. This isn't the Warriors that I know. This isn't the Warriors that many fans have come to hate. This isn't that. This is just a sad excuse for a former champion. And they know that. And if you're a Golden State fan, you know that. Hater, lover, it doesn't matter. Just avid watcher of the game. You know that this is not the Warriors that you know. And 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 respect. This isn't that. This is not that team. When they've been bad, it's because everything was gone from them. The only times that they've been objectively bad has been when everybody was hurt. And Draymond Green was the only buddy running on the floor. And I knew that was going in hard. Because we know Draymond Green without talent around him can't do a lick for himself. Been known that. Okay, I, mean, I don't care how scrappy he is. That brother is a bum by himself. A bum by himself. Couldn't do nothing with nothing. But with pieces, oh yeah, yeah, he can still he can he can now he can make some noise. And when everybody got back healthy, like Clay, like Dre, and like Steph, boom. Missing the playoffs. Now two years down a lot, champions. Champions. All because everybody got back healthy. Then that was the last vestige, vestige, the last remnants of the Warriors that I knew and hated, and or loved, and or just out flat out respect. This team, however, this ain't that. This ain't that. This is not that at all. And this looks. This is a team that I can see missing the play. again out in the West. 
This is a team that I can see missing the playoffs. Do you understand the Lakers are now only two games away? Lakers are 13 and 18, if I got my standings correct. Lakers are 13 and 18. The Warriors are 15 and 18. There is this much of a game. Two losses. Two losses in there and 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 two losses and if the Lakers don't have any more games, they're tied with Los Angeles. Understand it? Two wins by the Lakers, they're tied. A win and a loss and two losses by by the by the Warriors. A win and a loss for the Lakers and two losses by the Warriors. Pandemonium. Pandemonium. This is not good. At all. At all. This is this is cold red is starting to become a real thing. I'd said Mike for this squad. I'm starting to think this is a legitimate cold red. It, th- th- now it's starting to be ain't no if about it. Ain't no potential about it. This is a de facto code red and a wake-up call for this Warriors organization. If you do not fix and get effort on defense and learn to be a competent offensive team, you are looking at a squad that's going to miss the playoffs after winning the championship last year. Shocking as it sounds, it could be legitimately come to happen. Hard for me to remember another fall off that egregious. Another fall off that bad. Something that that just that that severe. It's hard. It's incredibly hard for me to think of another think think of something like that. But that's where the Warriors are getting ready to be. They don't fix up their stuff. Because right now, y'all y'all are in trouble. Y'all are in de facto trouble. If they don't get it together, we're going to be looking at some bad, some sad fans out in the Bay Area. And everybody looking and asking what the world just happened at the end of the season. With the Warriors potentially sitting out. Is it early? Yes, it's early. Absolutely, it's early. I'm not trying to jump the gun. But right now, that's what the outlook is. That's objectively what the optics are. Objectively, that's what the optics are. With the context of how competitive this Western Conference is right now. Again, I use the Lakers as a barometer because of how bad they've been. And with AD and LeBron but AD definitely fearful of him potentially leaving the floor for any number of reasons. And knowing LeBron's durability isn't what it used to be. We've seen him sit out games. All this going about and they're still two, way, two wins away from the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, it's a major problem. And it's a harsh but legitimate possibility that that could be the reality for the Golden State Warriors if they do not fix their mess and and, or if Steph Curry doesn't come back and is healthy for the rest of the season. Because, oh gosh, it can be bad. It can be incredibly bad. And I I don't want, I want to see a competitive league, absolutely. Right now, the Warriors and Warriors fans, y'all should be shaking your heads at this performance that these te- that this team consistently puts up. How far y'all have fallen? How far Golden State has fallen? Get some backbone and show that you can play without Steph. Get some fervor. Get some gumption in you. Gusto, something. To get you to play competently without your star player and your best player not being on the floor. Show that you know at least a little bit of basketball instead of having these abysmal performances like we just saw against the Brooklyn Nets. It should not be happening.
should not be happening at all. But moving on to the next topic of the day. Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks are really, really struggling. How are they struggling? Because Luka Doncic is having an MVP caliber season. Legitimately in the running for the MVP. It's having it's having in, in, incredible. When I say incredible, I don't say that lightly. This man legitimately is putting up numbers. That's they're stupid. They're stupid. They're stupid in the best way possible. They are stupid in the best way possible. It's ridiculous. You want to talk about the like we make all time great comparisons. Absolutely. This is legitimately Larry Bird without the defense. That's who Luca is. Luca is Larry Bird without defensive ability. That's it. That should show you how great Larry Bird was in his prime. That should show you just how good he was as a player. But we're looking at Larry Bird without any defense whatsoever. And because of that, we're looking at a team that that, that wholeheartedly is failing their star. Objectively failing their star. This man is averaging 32, 8, and 8. It's what, in some people's eyes, third in MVP voting. Some people have him first. Some people have him second. He's top three. His individual performance has been utterly phenomenal. But every turn that I see this man take as he bolsters his career, consistently, I keep seeing he gets failed. He gets failed by the rest of his roster. He gets failed by the team around him. This is a guy who is a legitimate, all-time great difference maker. In the, in, in the vein of Larry Bird, in the vein of Magic Johnson, when he steps on the floor, you actively see the entire makeup of the ability of the Dallas Mavericks shift. They're successful because of him. But the problem is they themselves are still not playing up to par. Tim Hardaway Jr., Christian Wood, Kevin Walker, who just recently got put onto the team. Dwight Powell. All these people on this Maverick squad consistently fail Luka Doncic. And you can put this on management too. They're failing him as well. Because say what you want. Again, on paper, this looks like a, a, a very good roster. Spencer Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney-Swift, who can be a versatile defender and three-point shooter. Reggie Bullock, a three-point specialist. Tim Hardaway Jr., the the running mate to Luka Doncic. Christian Wood, who they picked up, I believe, last season. A a great offensive big man. Dwight Powell, an athletic lob catcher. All these players, JaVale McGee, a rim protector, rebounder, another athletic player. Maxi Kleber, three-point shooter. I think I already said Kimball Walker. Who can complete. And we know what he can actively bring at his best, even though he just got signed. Davis Bertans, knockdown three-point shooter, 6'10". On paper, this roster looks like we know the history of these guys. This is a great lineup. This should be successful. But it's looking like that this team is going to be exactly what Cleveland was to LeBron. We can argue that Luka right now is the LeBron of the Dallas Mavericks in terms of Best player, making a difference, doing everything under the sun for his team to succeed, wholeheartedly playing as a top 10, top 5, top 3 player in the NBA, in the MVP conversation, literally having his fingerprints on every aspect of the game. Yet, with all of that, 
we're looking at the roster and we're saying, my word, he's playing his heart out and this is all he got to show for it. It's not on him. It's on the rest of the team. It was like that for seven years for LeBron until he upped and left. Seven years for LeBron James being playing at a caliber that, again, arguably, not arguably, was the best in the world. Out of his mind. And yet they still had to consistently get dragged by him with his only good players being Zdrunas Elgowskis and Larry Hughes, who again got an all-star appearance because of LeBron, not because of his own talent, carried two dominant seasons winning the East. Albeit the East was weaker, but still, winning the East, going to the finals, constantly being a threat, but because of LeBron. Finally, he got fed up and went up and up and left. Went to take his talents to South Beach and the rest is history. Understandable. Right now, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Where is Lucas' fifth year? This man has yet to score less than 20 points. This right now is his best season by far of any season that he's had. And his team right now is looking worse for wear. Right now, it's looking like, again, he is the LeBron of the Dallas of, of the Dallas Mavericks. He's a LeBron of the Dallas Mavericks. Wholeheartedly, he's a LeBron of the Dallas Mavericks. Every single time this man has a dominant performance, they lose. They lose. He's got to go to inhuman lengths to give his team a shot to win. And it looks like, and I don't want this to be the case, but it looks like the Dallas Mavericks are doing the same thing that he did, or that. Cleveland did to LeBron does not giving him the requisite talent to actually be the success that we know he can be. And we don't want to see that for him. We don't want wasted potential. We don't want that. We don't want that at all. When the playoffs has consistently had great series. Beat the Clippers with with the claw, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George dominant playoff performances from that series and beyond consistently. And he just cannot get the next step because his roster fails him. And it's just, it's just not fair. We're watching a savant of basketball. Somebody that came into the league at 19 after winning the Euro League MVP and coming in even with that trophy in his back pocket with doubts on whether or not it can actually translate to the NBA level comes in and plays like it's easier. And he even, even he says it's easier to play in the league over here than it is in the Euros and completely whitewashes everybody with his play just overshadows them. I mean, just runs through every, ain't a man on this planet right now that can stop Luka Doncic. Not a man. And he and and with all of that, with him being, in some people's eyes, third in MVP voting. In my eyes, third in MVP voting. With him having the best season of his career. With him having nearly a 32-point triple-double. With him still being Luka. Despite being the only viable target for this for any team to actively defend. And despite a roster that on paper looks like it should be there, none of those players have played up the bar. He's got to get some help. Something's got to happen. Something's got to change. He's got to get people that know what they're doing to actively play with them. Because I'm sorry. But Tim Hardaway Jr. as, a, as the second best player on the squad is not going to cut it. Or Spencer Dinwiddie, whoever, whichever the two you want to say, is the dominant number two. They, something's got to change. They can't get it done. They cannot get it done with this roster. They just can't. 
But it's that they can't get stops or they can't put the ball in the bucket. Constantly having close games against teams that I feel that they should beat. It's 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 painful because we've seen this story before, haven't we? Yes, we have. We've seen this story before. We've seen this same level of constant dominance just negated by the lack of competent pieces put around them, by the lack of the right pieces put around them. Let me rephrase that statement. Yeah, I just mean, there are, the players that are in Dallas are competent, but they just aren't doing anything. They're not successful. This amalgamation of talent working together just isn't doing anything. They can't they they can't get over the hump. It's been like that for a number of years. Ever since Luca got into the league, it's been a one man show. And until they actively get people to be put in, until they get not not even be put in the position, until they start with a dominant number two, a dominant number two. I'm not talking about just some some ho hum brother. I'm not talking about just some average Joe. That, hey, he's he's a pretty good guy. I'm talking about a dominant number two that can actively share the scoring load or be a dominant defender. They're not going to win anything. They don't have because you you cannot win in this league with just one person being the star. You can't. It's impossible. No matter how hard you try. No matter how hard you try. Unless you fall into a situation where like the Dallas Mavericks in 2011 when Dirk won it against the Miami Heat. He had, again, defensive player of the year candidate in Tyson Chandler. Jason Terry, phenomenal that season. Jason Kidd. Veteran and great facilitator for the team. Oh, by the way, he was also playing great defense as well. Brendan Haywood, great rebounder and shot blocker. The whole roster was fit. Sean Marion, the Matrix, who could shoot threes, but was primarily a, a, a interior-centric scorer and defender, but could defend all five positions. They had an incredible group of talent across the board that all played at their best at the role that they were in. That, with Luka, can work. But the problem is it's not happening. It's not happening. This team right now looks like it should be able to fit that same mold of the 2011 squad. Looks like because of the names. But get beyond that, they ain't doing it. They're not doing it. They're not doing it at all. And we're constantly seeing Luka Doncic sweating buckets, putting out his heart and soul, trying to will his team to a 500 record. And we know it's not his fault that this team is losing. No, for a fact, it's not not nowhere near his fault that this team is playing so abysmally bad. Nowhere near his fault. But he's going to get the blame. He'll get the blame even though it's undeserved. He'll get the flag even though he himself has been playing phenomenally. But it's just not the case. If you know ball, you know he's not, he's not the problem. And if it, gets, if it keeps up like this, what happened in year seven? Well, LeBron left for Miami. Luke is about to be on the same track. Constantly getting bounced in the playoffs, consistently having superhuman seasons, just all o- all over the floor, willing his team to victory every single game by himself, and there's nothing to show for it. Oh, be best believe that brother knows his worth. He knows his worth, and he knows exactly what he can bring, and he knows what he needs in order to be a successful player. Because we know what he can do without help. We ain't seen what he can do with help. And that's something I can't wait to see. Just like with LeBron. We hadn't seen, we knew what he could do without any semblance of talent around him whatsoever. We seen what he, what he could do with Anderson Vergeau, Eric Snow, Booby Gibson, 
and a brother with dreads named Marshall. We've seen that. We hadn't seen what he could do with help until he left for Miami, a team that was actively able to put pieces around him. And they weren't a super team before he got there. No, they were about they were about a middle of the road team in the East. Yes, they were. And they would have gotten bounced in the first round if LeBron did not go there. And it was just Wade and Bosch. But oh, when he went and had some legitimate talent around him, what happened? Boom. Finals. Finals appearance, 2011. Finals victory. Finals victory. Two championships. Went there, what, four or five times? Luka can do that same thing with some legitimate talent. You put a team like the Bucks have around him, well-rounded in all facets, you're looking at a monster. You're looking at potentially a top three, to potentially the best team in the West because of how special Luka is. Now, I don't say that about players often. They can have that transcendent of a talent that with help they can be, with legitimate help, they can be first in whatever conference that they're in. Luka's got that. Luka's that type of player. You put a team like the Nuggets around him. You put a team like the Bucks around him. You put a team like the Warriors did when they were a good team with talent, with they, how they surrounded stuff. You put a team around him like LeBron got when he made a team around himself. Teams with legitimate talent across the board. Teams that, that have role players that are great at what they do and don't get outside of what they do. They are consistent on the defensive end, competent at all levels, and have great chemistry in jail and won't fold when games get close and tight and won't lose fight when games seemingly are out of, are, are, are out of reach or things aren't going their way. With Luka at the helm of that, which is what every other great player has had. Horrifying. Horrifying. Horrifying for the rest of the league. And that's what he can bring. That's what he can do. That is what he can... That's what he can potentially achieve. With a good team around him. But Dallas has got to do it. Because... Right now... This, this right here is the dark cloud going over the Dallas Mavericks organization right now. Not just because of their play, but because time is winding up on what they can do with Luka. Unless Luka's loyal like Dane. When the time comes for him to leave, you, you, can, you can expect that if stuff doesn't get fixed, He's not going to stay in mediocrity long. He's already tasted success in, at the Euro level. He came here to be one of the greatest of all time in the NBA. He's not going to let his legacy be robbed and waste his time. But he's just saying loyal to a, to a team. Again, everybody is in dang. Whether or not Luka is, I'm not going to say whether for sure he is or is not. Just loyal to the city. But what I do know is that he is loyal to himself. He does have an unquenchable thirst. And, 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 and a, a bottomless thirst for success and for winning. And he's going to get there. By any means necessary. And you best believe if it means leaving, if stuff doesn't get right, Mark Cuban and the, and the front office of the Dallas Mavericks don't actively look to make this roster competent and give him legitimate help. Bye-bye. Looking at the biggest free agent in the NBA in recent years. Or you're looking at an a, a out-of-the-blue, I'm demanding a trade. You're looking at that. That's exactly what you're looking at. Coming down the pipe. Because the trajectories are too similar. And I doubt that with Luka looking at LeBron in his career. Many people have compared Luka to LeBron just because of how young he was 
when he came into the league and how dominant he was coming into the league. And how dominant he still is, playing bigger and better and better and better. Again, I say he's Larry Bird, just without the defense. But looking at their careers, it's too similar. It's too similar. A potential all-time great in the making, playing his heart out, and always getting bounced, always losing, or having to drag his team to victory because he doesn't have the requisite talent and, the, and it was never put around him. Never put around him. The next step in this story if it follows the same structure, the trade announcement, breaking news on ESPN, or he has decided to decline extending his contract and it will be a free agent going into next season, whatever that season may be. That's what we could be looking at for Luka. That's, it's, it's, it's a legitimate prospect, legitimate prospect that can actually happen. I don't want to see talent wasted all because they didn't have a chance to succeed. And that's what's happening with Luka right now. Right now, that's what's happening with Luka Doncic. Because of that, I'd rather him go on a jump ship. Because if Mark Cuban and the organization does not give him help, you're going to be looking at the story of what could have been. And everybody's going to be comparing Dallas to Cleveland. And saying, why in the world couldn't you get it done with Luca? And you didn't have the crux of cl- the, the the crutch that Cleveland had. That they weren't a, they were a bad market for anybody who to want to come. Because nobody wants to go to Cleveland. Nobody wants to go to Cleveland. Nobody chooses to go to Cleveland. Don't let Donovan Mitchell trade fool you. Nobody chooses to go to Cleveland. Nobody chooses to go there. Just on a whim. Dallas is a different story. Y'all got a legitimate market. Y'all got an owner that is known and is eccentric, is passionate about the team. Y'all seemingly have a great families. And you're in an area that people actually want to be at. Dallas, home of the Dallas Cowboys, in Texas, bigger, grander. Everything's always bigger. That's what they always say. What they always say. Even the housing market, you can you can get pretty big houses. A lot of things are 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 for the athlete, are in favor for people in Dallas, at least from my understanding. If I'm wrong, please correct me in the comments. But a lot of things are in your favor if you're Dallas for to attract players. And if you still couldn't get it done. We're going to be looking at you like we look at, like we look at Cleveland. But to some degree, we might, we might look at you, Dallas, even worse because you didn't have the one thing that Cleveland didn't have that we, that we said was a caveat, was a bad market. Y'all don't have a bad market. Now we looked at that and said, well, you didn't have a bad market. Maybe you just didn't put in the work to get the players necessary. That's what we could be saying about Dallas. So Luca needs help, and he needs it now. Because if he doesn't get it now, best to believe in a couple years, we're going to get potentially the decision part two. Luca Doncic edition. Or breaking news on ESPN. Luca's a free agent. All of that could be act- actively attained. I don't want to see it because I would love to see him have success in Dallas. Cause it because it looks like that there's that there's something there. If he just had an extra dominant piece beside him. But if you can't get it and you let him walk, or or even worse, force or he forces himself out. We're gonna be looking at you and shaking our heads, Dallas, saying, How could you let somebody so great? Slip through your fingertips. Slip by. Slip through. Fall through. When you had a generational talent that fell in your lap, I, shockingly bad and shockingly sad is what could potentially be the story of Luka Doncic in the Dallas Mavericks uniform. That's what we can see. 
Hopefully it doesn't happen, but, but time will tell. But this has been another episode of The Watch Report. I've been your host, Jean-Luc Watch. Thank you so much for listening. We've had such a great time together. Again, if you ain't done your shopping yet, either don't bother with it now, keep on, uh, <laughs> or, or you better scramble while you can. But this has been another edition of The Watch Report. I've been your Jean-Luc Watch. Thank you so much for listening. Again, leave a like on the video, comment your thoughts and opinions, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow and listen on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, every major podcasting platform. And please, share the channel with everybody that you know. Let's build this empire together. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining me today. Peace and love. We out of here.